What a great song. It is well. You know, one of my hopes, my heart's desires, is as we continue to journey with Jesus together, is that you can answer two questions well in terms of who you are and where you live. That you're a child of God who lives on the unshakable kingdom of God. You really can only sing it as well if you understand you live in the unshakable kingdom. But man, those are some good truths that I hope as we continue to journey with Jesus together, you really can land on in a powerful way. That you can see all things in light of God's goodness because um, you live in an unshakable kingdom. Uh, well, I'm going to get into a message today, and I mean it to be one of encouragement, of simply that you can do it. We've been talking about journeying with Jesus, and I just felt like I needed to be able to express as I looked at this passage. This is a great one to look at just to simply say, you can do it. You can journey with Jesus. In fact, we can do that together. And so I was thinking back on some times in my life where I doubted I could do something. So I ran high school track. I did high, uh, hurdles and high jump. Any track runners out there? Anybody run track? Got a few people um, that ex- endured that pain. <laughs> uh, so one of the workouts our, our coach would do and lead us in is 2200s. So a 200 is a half a lap. And that's not like you get to jog, you know. No, that's like a sprint. So in case you didn't know, you sprint half laps. In fact, you sprint full laps. That's called a 400. Uh, those aren't jogs. So you had to sprint half a lap. You got a quick break. And then you had to sprint another half lap, get a quick break, sprint another half lap. So when he first was introducing us to 2200s, I thought, there ain't no way. Do the math. And unfortunately, you shouldn't do the math. Because you realize he's asking you to sprint for five miles. That's what that winds up being that's a lot of sprinting who wants to sprint for five miles nobody um and if you do there's something wrong with you we've got (laughs) counseling services available (laughs) so 2200s but sure enough he lead us on those workouts and then you get to the end of it and you're like man i can do 2200s anybody ever have something where you felt like there's no way i'm going to be able to do it and then you're like you did it anybody have that come on come on hopefully you're not like no i couldn't do it i didn't even try (laughs) That'd be terrible. <laughs> but I want to tell you this morning as we talk about journeying with Jesus, that's kind of where we're on. Because the disciples are journeying with Jesus, and I want you to know that you can do it. We can do it together. And uh, so I'm going to continue in Luke. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you got your Bible today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9. Going to continue and pick up where we left off. Going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word today. So thankful that God gave his word to us. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 9 and verses 28 through 36 this morning. Starting in verse 28. It says, Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good that we're here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. These are the very words of God. Maybe seated this morning. So the first thing we find on the opportunity we have, the ability we have to journey with Jesus, 
is that you can journey with Jesus by staying engaged with him. You journey with Jesus by staying engaged with him. So the disciples were in conversation with Jesus. Peter has confessed that Jesus is the Christ of God. And uh, Jesus talks about what that's going to look like. And now he takes Peter, James, and John up to a mountain. And he, we know from Matthew and Mark, when you look at these parallel gospels for this passage, we see that Jesus took them to a region called Caesarea Philippi. It's in northern Israel. And in that part of northern Israel, there's a mountain called Mount Hermon. So it's understood the Mount of Transfiguration is Mount Hermon. Uh, here's a picture I'd like to share. We took a, a trip there last June with some people from Connection Point. And what I want to emphasize here is the beauty of Luke is he's writing the gospel, he's writing the story of Jesus to a man who's asked him to validate the story of Jesus. And so the reason I share a picture this morning is because these places that are talked about, they're real places. These happened in, in real time with real people. This isn't fiction, this is real stories. And so the foothills here of Mount Hermon, this is about where they're at, and we don't know exactly where they're at, but we know this is a... Jesus has taken them up to the mountains in this area of Caesarea Philippi, and this is where this event takes place. But what's interesting when you look at the passage, they almost missed it. And if you don't read the passage carefully, you kind of miss that. Because what it says here, it says, Now Peter and those who were with him, they were heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. And two men stood with him. As I reflected on that passage, I just felt like that's such a good word for the church. But when they became fully awake, what happened? They saw his glory. Man, I firmly believe God is do a stirring in his church today. He's stirring in the American church. And my joy is in knowing when we become fully awake, what are we going to see? We're going to see his glory in ways we've not known it. Shelly and I, when we first got married, so 18 years this summer we've been married. It's been an incredible 18 years. And one of the things she brought into our marriage was an alarm clock. And now, this is in the day where, you know, like now you've got cell phones where you get like birds chirping, wake up, you know, it's real nice. If you grew up in the day of the alarm clocks that, you know, like Shelly brought into our marriage, no, it's ah, 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 wake up. It's very disturbing to any rest that you thought you may have had that night. Um, We no longer own that alarm clock. It has been discarded. Uh, It's very disturbing. But I did feel like as I looked at this passage, man, whatever kind of alarm is necessary, let's wake up. Let's wake up and see the glory of Jesus and take his glory elsewhere. So if you've been going through the motions, wake up. Let's keep journeying with Jesus. We've got people in our Next Step class today. Why? Because they said, I want to find a place of belonging. I want to believe in Jesus in deeper levels. I want to become like him so I can bring others in the same. So wherever you're at in that journey with Jesus, let's keep going. Don't stay asleep. And if you uh, get a sense that you're sleeping, we're going to resurrect that alarm clock and send it to your house. You can journey with Jesus by staying engaged with him. And the other way you journey with Jesus is that you obey him. You obey him. They enter into this space and and God shows up in the cloud and what does he tell the disciples? This is my son. He is my chosen one. Listen to him. This is a little bit different than at Jesus' baptism where at the baptism of Jesus, God just says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased and that's it. But now he gives this admonition of listen to him. Why do you think he's saying that? Because the disciples in the passage we had last week, if you remember, Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ of God, and the disciples have an image in their mind of who the Messiah is and what it's going to look like for that Messiah to be here on earth. And then Jesus 
takes a TNT and blows up that image and he gives him this sentence. He says, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So that's the, the message that Jesus comes and gives to the disciples. And now God the Father is saying, look, I know you've got a human opinion of who the Messiah is, but this is Jesus, my son, my chosen one. You need to listen to him. And we live in a day that we need to hear that as well. Because too often we value human opinion over divine revelation. Do we recognize that? And why do we value human opinion over divine revelation? Because we live in a society that's growing increasingly secular, that says, I am my own God. And so if I am my own God, my opinion matters more than divine revelation. So my challenge for you in this point is this. Value divine revelation over human opinion. If you exalt human opinion, it's going to set you on the wrong path in life. Think about the message last week. Change your scorecard. There's a scorecard that's human opinion. These are the things to go after. This will make your life happy. And then there's the divine revelation. Love God. Love others. And you'll experience extraordinary in my name. I was thinking about <clears throat> this passage, just thinking about application. Uh, and my struggle was this, and I haven't really talked about this here. But I don't, I hold to the opinion that uh, there is no room in the pulpit for politics. And there's people that would disagree with that, and I'm okay with that. But here's why I hold to that. Because when you look at Jesus, and if you don't know the first century, things were a mess. Roman Empire wasn't, wasn't a good thing. Uh, things were a mess. And every time someone asked Jesus what would be considered like a political question, time after time, what's Jesus do? He starts talking about the kingdom of God. And so I, I, I'll tell you up front, if you ask me about politics, I'm going to redirect you to the kingdom of God. So it'll be a very short conversation. But as I looked at this point of taking human opinion over divine revelation, I actually was thinking about some of our young adults who are at a university. And the challenge is, is if you, sh basically, I want to say two things. Learn as much as you can. Become as smart as you can. But don't ever value human opinion over divine revelation. You've got to hold up to God's word and understand. And here's how you do that. If you know that God is good, if you know he's good and you know his word is true, then you, you can hold fast to divine revelation. And the issue I was thinking about was uh, pro-life and pro-choice, um, which is a political thing. And that's why I mentioned the political side, but I'm not going to look at it through a political lens. Just what's God's word have to say? And Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. God values life. He values every life. God says, my will is that none should perish. So it's not necessarily a question of, you know, because someone will say, well, then maybe God doesn't value women. Wrong. Luke chapter 8, we shared a whole message on the fact that Jesus exalts the value of women in the first century. So that's not the issue. The issue is life matters. And so I challenge you this morning because you've got a lot of conversations and if you're only immersing in human opinion, it's going to set your life on the wrong trajectory. But if you can immerse yourself in divine revelation, you'll find a life that matters. Does that make sense this morning? And I will say this. If I ever say something you disagree with, please know my door is always open and I'm never offended by that. You're always welcome to come ask me questions and engage me in dialogue. Are we all right with that? Divine revelation matters more than human opinion. You need to hear that today. So how do we journey with Jesus? You can do it as you stay engaged with him and as you obey him. Stay engaged and obey. And the last thing, the way that you can journey with Jesus is that you keep going with him. Keep going with Jesus. 
in, in the, uh, the passage that we read this morning, one of the things that's interesting in there is Peter proposes this idea of pitching three tents. And some people could be challenged or ask the question, well, what was he meaning by that? In fact, Peter makes this interesting comment connected to that. Here's what he says. Um, Peter, uh, not knowing what he was, oh no, here he says, Master, it's good that we're here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Luke was kind of making a nice comment there. I like the New Living Translation, though. Here's what it says. Peter, not even knowing what he is saying, blurted out, Master, it's wonderful that we're here. Let's make three tents. So the question is, well, why was that wrong for Peter to say that? And there's two reasons. The first is this, that to make three tents of equal measure for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus was to basically put Jesus on the same level as Moses and Elijah. But in case you're unaware, there is no equal. Jesus is the son of God. If I were Hillsong, I'd sing a beautiful name. There is no equal, there is no rival. Jesus is it, and that's why divine revelation matters more than human opinion. But I do love the fact that Jesus doesn't rebuke Peter. In fact, it's only Luke that provides the commentary that this wasn't the best thing. And and we really can't blame Peter. If you think about Moses, he gave them the Ten Commandments. He met with God. So for Peter, he's still coming into the knowledge of who Jesus really is. So may we be patient with one another as we understand we're all in a journey in realizing who Jesus is as the Son of God and the implications for our lives. But the second thing that's a problem when Peter makes this comment is think about what Jesus has just revealed to Peter. This is what we read last week, and I want to reiterate it here in case you missed it. Luke chapter 9, verse 20. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus talking to the disciples, and Peter answered, the Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? So Jesus says, I am basically the Messiah, and this is what that's going to look like. And to follow after me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And now they're up on the mountain. They become fully awake. They see Jesus in all his glory. And Peter says, oh, I prefer this much more than I prefer take up your cross and follow me, Jesus. That's what he's saying. He's saying, let's just camp out here on the mountain and live in your glory. Let's forget about all that take up the cross stuff. Let's leave that behind us now. But I do love that Jesus doesn't correct it. He just basically, God shows up and says, Peter, this is my son. This is my chosen one. Listen to him. John, this is Jesus, my son, my my chosen one. Listen to him, James. So he's leading us on the journey to say, if you listen to him, he's gonna lead you on the right path in life. So the question is, why did Peter say that he wanted this to go away? Or why did he wanna build the three tents? He says, now Peter and those who were with him were heavy asleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and two men stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, why did Peter wanna build these three tents? Moses and Elijah were leaving, and Peter says, I want to hold on to this moment. But what God is saying is, but we've got to go back into the valley because the conversation that Moses and Elijah were having with Jesus was his departure that was going to take place in Jerusalem. So the admonition for us this morning is this. Man, may we come in here on a Sunday morning. May we have mountaintop experiences that lead us in moments of inspiration and revelation. But may we not camp out here. 
May we take God's glory back out into the greater Lafayette area. That's what the message is for us today. We're not meant to set up camp. We're meant to go back into the valley and take God's glory there also. Are you with me today? Now, is it wrong to want to rest in God's glory? Absolutely not. So we want to sing songs and rest in God's glory, but there's a reason for it. We come for inspiration and revelation so that we can take God's glory to the marketplace, to our neighborhoods, and back out where God is going as well. For us to journey with Jesus, we've got to be going where he's going as well. I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. So how can you do it? How can you journey with Jesus? You can journey with Jesus by staying engaged with him. If you've fallen asleep, it's time to wake up. Stay on the journey. And then we've got to obey what he says. Let's make sure we're listening to divine revelation more than we are human opinion. And we've got to go where Jesus is going. Come on a weekend. Come and, and be a part of connect groups. Engage in Christian community. Experience a bit of the heavenly while we're here, but realize that we're not in heaven yet. We're getting there but we're not there yet. So let's take God's glory back out into the streets as we go from this place. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what? I want to stay on the journey, but I actually need to start on the journey. That I've never made a decision to follow after Jesus. And, and so if that's where you find yourselves today, I invite you to follow Jesus today. With every head bowed in this room, if that's where you'd say I'm at, I, I've never actually joined the journey with Jesus, but you'd say, I want to do so today. Simply raise your hand, and we want to pray with you before we leave today. Anybody would say, that's me. I need to join the journey. I need to get on the journey with Jesus to experience all that he has for me. Anybody would say, that's me. I need to journey with Jesus today. I need to start that journey. God, we just thank you that you enable us to live in your name. Jesus, thank you for the invitation to journey with you and to live an extraordinary life. And I just pray that, that we would be encouraged today knowing that we can do it. We can, we can stay on that journey with you. And we can do it by staying engaged with you, continuing the journey. We can do it by, by obeying what you say, Lord, to listen to you. So wherever there are areas in our lives that we're not following after your heart, I just pray, Jesus, you reveal it to us. Help us live in your name. And then, God, I just pray that as we come together for times of inspiration, revelation, as we come to the mountain for that, I just pray, Jesus, we'd go back into the valley with you to bring your glory there also. Jesus, we thank you for the invitation we have to live in your name. I pray, Lord, that as we confess you as the Son of God and realize who you are, that we, we would live it out, that we wouldn't just confess it with our, our mouths, but, Lord, that we'd live in your name, empowered in your name. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're here today, as we close in song, and maybe you'd say, I didn't necessarily raise my hand, but I know I need to start that journey with Jesus. I'll just be down here in the front. And if you've got questions, I'm happy to answer that as we continue to close in song today.